Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We had a tremendous month of September. We had some meetings in Beaumont, Texas, and in Bogota, Colombia, down in South America. Tremendous meetings in Beaumont. We saw a lot of people get healed. Uh, one that really stuck out to me, and it was a first for me, was that we saw a man that was a stroke victim, and his right side was paralyzed, uh, his right arm, and all the feeling, the movement came back into his arm. When I first grabbed his hand, he could not grip my hand. I had to physically lift his arm with my left hand and put my right hand into it and squeeze his hand. Within a few minutes of just putting the life of God in there and just ministering to him, all of a sudden I felt his hand grab a hold of my hand. Then he lifts my hand up to his mouth. He starts kissing my hand. He got so excited. It didn't even hit me what was going on, but all the feeling came back and he was able to regain function in that arm. It was just powerful. And then down in Bogota, Colombia, we had a lot of people get healed. But one of the things that happened, it was a first for me, was that there was a flow of the word of knowledge I have never stepped into before, never experienced to that degree like I did uh, last week in Bogota. It was tremendous. Uh, Friday morning, we were doing a pastor's meeting for the area pastors and church leaders. And we had about five people that came down for healing. And what started as a healing line turned into kind of an impartation line. And, and after those five came like another 30 or 40 ministers that came down there. And I have never had this happen for me before to the point where, I mean, I'm picking up their occupation, ministry decisions, business decisions that they are making, things that they are praying for in their private times, things they have counseled with the pastor before. And I don't speak Spanish really well. I mean, I can kind of pick out some things when I'm reading it, but it wasn't like I could just play off the suggestions or anything like that. I had no clue what was going on. And yet the pastor afterwards told me just how spot on, how accurate these things were that was said. And so it was a first for me. It was very humbling. And yet it got me excited to see what else is available for all of us in these things. And so don't ever limit God. Don't ever think you've got everything figured out. I certainly don't. The more that I've gotten into this, the more I realize I don't know much at all. And the more questions I have, and yet it just keeps me pushing and pushing and pushing for more. So to all of our partners, those of you that are partners with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, thank you so, so very much uh, for sending us and helping us. Uh, we have two projects that we do. We call the first one, Project Go. And so that helps to cover travel expenses to these different meetings. And we have our Books Around the World project, which allows us to take our core books and publish those into the, the different languages of the countries that we're going into. And so when I was down there in Bogota, we released Possessors of Life in Spanish. And we were able to give those away for free to those area pastors and church leaders. So thank you so very much, all of you that are our partners that was all you, and thank you for, for helping to make that happen. Uh, secondly, I want to let you know about two big meetings we have this month. Next Sunday, October 10th, and on Monday, October 11th, we're going to be at Church on the Word in Warner, Oklahoma. 
Warner is about 45 minutes southeast of Tulsa. And so we're going to be there for three services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. And then the following Sunday, October 17th, we're going to be at Lake Church in Manford, Oklahoma. Three services, Sunday morning at 9, 11, and then Sunday night at 7. Manford, Oklahoma is west of uh, Tulsa, probably about 20, 25 minutes west of Tulsa. So if you are in the Oklahoma area, we would love to see you come out. Of course, when we were in Beaumont, Texas, we had people fly in from California. We had people driving in from Ohio and Florida. It was just cool to see people from all over the country. So, hey, if you can make it, I'm telling you, we're going to have some meetings. We're going to have some encounters and experiences with God. And we are going to get into some things that I, I haven't really gotten into much teaching-wise in, in prior times. But uh, I feel like it's just time to take off the limits. So we're, we're going to go for it. And we're going to have some fun, and we are going to go to another level in the things of God. I'm expecting big and, and getting ready and preparing this week for these meetings. So, again, if you can make it, we would love, love, love to see you there. Hey, let's get into our teaching for today, and it's this. You need to die. Now, that sounds like a crazy statement coming from a healing guy. I mean, we're all about healing and pushing for divine health and pushing for the miraculous. But there's a truth here that we need to understand if we want to walk in divine health, if we want to experience healing in our bodies, we need to die. Let's look at some scripture for this before you cut this off on me. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, I want you to notice what Jesus says here. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Notice verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We must get free from this fear of dying. We must get free from this fear of trying to hold on. There's too many people who are trying to live for fear of death. Well, that isn't the right reason to try to live. We need to live because we have things to do for God, not because we're afraid of dying. Let's get into this a little bit more. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. I'm going to read this to you out of the New King James Version. It says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he would destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and he would release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This is the Amplified. It says, Therefore, since his children share in flesh and blood, the physical nature of mankind, he himself, in a similar manner, also shared in the same physical nature but without sin, so that through experiencing death, he would make powerless, ineffective, and impotent him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and that he would free all of those who through the haunting fear of death were held in slavery throughout their entire lives. There are too many of us Christians who are afraid of dying. We are in fear of death. Too many people are basing their faith from a standpoint of fear, fear of dying. Now, I get it. We don't want to die. We want to live our lives, but we've got to get over this fear of, of death. This is what Paul's telling us here in Hebrews. Jesus came and made 
powerless, ineffective, impotent, the one who had the power of death, that is Satan. Satan had the power of death. Jesus took it from him so that you and I would not be afraid of death anymore. Jesus came to remove the fear. Jesus removed the fear. We have to understand that and we must accept that. Too many people are basing their faith from a standpoint of fear. And the reason is we have made death too big of a deal. We've made death a big deal. And I know this may sound strange to, to some of us, but death is not that big of a deal. Think about it. Because so what if you died? So what? You get to be right there in the very presence of Jesus. That's far greater than being on this planet. The only downside is, hey, if you didn't get your job done here, well, there was things to do. We need to get our job done. Yes, but... We don't see Jesus freak out when somebody died. Take the story of Jairus. When the servants came up to Jairus and told him, don't bother the master anymore, she's dead. We don't see Jesus freak out. We don't see Jesus get into a panic and take off running, trying to get to the house. No, he looks at Jairus, calms him down. doesn't allow Jairus to say anything or, or react in fear. Jesus just looks at him and says, only believe. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And Jesus goes, because he was in command of the situation, he was in control of the situation, he wasn't responding to fear of death, he was responding from the life of heaven. If you die, so what? You're with Jesus. It's far greater than anything on the planet. But once we get past the fear of death, that is when we can put our faith on living. Let me tell you this, listen to me, you cannot be in faith when you are afraid of dying. You have to get over the fear of death. If you're listening to this and you have been diagnosed with some type of chronic disease, the doctor has said, I'm sorry, we've done everything we know to do, and you've got six months. That is not the time to become afraid and say, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've only got six months to live. Well, if that's your attitude, death is knocking at the door. And I'm just being very blunt right now because we need to deal with this so we don't have so many people dying. It's time that Christians stop dying to disease. I mean, this is why I've become so passionate about this. I'm tired of seeing Christians die of disease. I'm, try I'm tired of seeing our faith people, our leaders dying of these things. When Jesus came and died so we didn't have to, Jesus took on the, the sickness. He took on the disease. He took on the cancer. He took on the COVID. He took on all these things so we didn't have to die from it. He came and took the power from Satan so that Satan could not lord that over us anymore. So we would no longer be afraid of death and we could live for life. But friend, the thing is this, if you are willing to die, then you don't have to. Write that down, put it on a post-it note, highlight it, slap that on your bathroom mirror, put it in your car. Listen to me, friend. If you are willing to die, you do not have to. Remember what Jesus said. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, he will save it. In other words, if you're willing to die, if you're willing to give it up, you don't have to. If you're willing to let him have it, you don't have to. You don't have to. But the reason we get so afraid of dying is because 
we're really truly not that conscious of God like we should be. We're more conscious of this death realm than we are the realm of life. We're more conscious of the things that we have been delivered from instead of the things that we have been delivered unto. That's good. I don't have that written down anywhere. That just, <laughs> that just came up. That's the Holy Ghost. We're, we're more conscious of the things that we've been delivered from than the things that we've been delivered unto. We've been made alive unto God. We've died to the things of this world, but we are still very much more conscious of the things that we're dead to than the things that we are alive unto. So you got to die. You must be willing to die. Number one, we have to get free from the fear of death. So you need to die to the fear of death. Number two, you must die to the world's ways. You see, friend, the world says that sickness is normal. The world says that the answer for everything is a pill or a vaccine. But let me tell you something. That is not the truth. That is a lie from the pit of hell. For the sinner who is far removed from God and does not have God as an option, then their only option are these pharmaceuticals and things that are man-made. That is their only option. But we must stop thinking like the sinner. We must stop thinking like people who are separated from God with no hope. In the world where there are options, God is rarely one of them. That is the truth. Nobody out there is looking to God as an option. They're looking to the government. They're looking to a doctor. They're looking to a medical trial. They're looking to all of these other things except for God. And yet, I don't know if you grew up in church like I do, but I remember the very first scripture that I learned was this. Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Well, how can you cast your cares upon the Lord if you cast them already on a doctor? Now, again, I'm not harping on doctors. I love doctors. I love all of our medical professionals. I have lots of medical professionals in my family, and I believe that medicine is in one sense uh, the mercy of God. But the grace of God is divine health and healing. And we've got to get to a point where we stop looking to the world to save us from the things that Jesus already saved us from. In the world where there's many options, God is rarely one of them. I can't tell you how many times I've had Christians come to me after they have exhausted all of the world's resources and all of their resources and all of their options and come to me and say, I don't know what else to do. I need you to pray for me. Well, at that point, sometimes they've got a couple of days or a couple of weeks to live. At some point, we have to get to the place where we're willing to start talking about these things because these are the issues that are just being shoved into a closet, swept under a rug. We don't want to talk about them because in talking about them, it might expose some things with our doctrine. It might expose some things with our beliefs. And yet, friends, if we're not getting the results that we know we should be getting, that is where we need to open up the closet doors and we need to lift up the rugs and, and look at all these things, find all these things and find out, is there something here that I need to get rid of? Are there some options here I need to get rid of? Are there some things that I need to do in my doctrine, in my belief? Are there some things I need to get rid of or change? At some point, there has to be a consecration unto God with our body. And I firmly believe that's, that's where we're missing it the most when it comes to the area of healing. 
It's because we're looking at all the other options. We consecrate our spirit unto God because for many people, the reason they want to be saved is so they don't go to hell. Well, that's not the reason. The reason we should want to be saved is because we want to be united with God once again. But we consecrate our spirit unto God for salvation. But, and again, don't, don't get offended here, but this is something that must be dealt with. We consecrate our spirit unto God for salvation, but we consecrate our body to the world for healing. Well, I don't know about you, but from my perspective, that's just jacked up. Something's wrong with that. Because I know if you're listening to this podcast, you believe that Jesus is the healer. You believe that healing is ours, that Jesus already paid the price for it. Well, if Jesus already paid the price for it, why am I looking to a man to get it for me? At what point in the Bible anywhere did God say, I'll take care of the sin problem, but I'm going to send you to a man or woman to take care of the healing problem? We don't find that at all. We don't find Jesus when people are coming unto him for healing. We don't find Jesus turning to Dr. Luke and say, oh, it's a healing thing. Dr. Luke, this is your specialty. You take care of it. No, Jesus doesn't do that at all. Friends, I'm telling you, we must get to the point where there is a consecration unto God with our body to the very same degree with our spirit. I'm telling you right now, I believe this with all of my heart. When we reach that place, that is when we will begin to walk in divine health. When we consecrate our body unto God to the same degree that we consecrate our spirit unto God, that is when we will begin to walk in divine health. We must understand that Jesus, he is the way. He is the way, not a man, not a government, not the world, not the sinner's way. Jesus is the way. How Jesus lived, if I want his results, that is the way I must live. I must live with a, a, a great consciousness of God in my life. Not a thing of I believe that God is real. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about data and facts and information in my head. I'm talking about a true legitimate consciousness of God that God is not only for me, that God has not only sent me, but God who birthed me, he, he lives in me and he is with me. And he's more real to me than the clothes that are on my back. A true consciousness of God so that I'm not looking to the world to be my Savior. I've still got my eyes on my Savior, Jesus Christ. We must die to the world's ways and live unto heaven's ways. So remember what Jesus said, our, our foundational scripture on this for today, Luke chapter 9, verse 24, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So number one, we must die to the fear of death. Number two, we must die to the world's ways. Number three, we must die to ourself. You see, if you're looking to yourself and how to fix it, you're already dead. <laughs> And again, I don't mean that to be insensitive, but this applies to every facet of our life. If you're looking to yourself and how to fix it, you're already dead. You're doing it like a sinner. You're doing it like someone who's not born from heaven. If you're looking to yourself, you have stepped out of grace, and now you are living in the ditch of death. Let me give you the scripture here in Romans chapter 5, and we'll finish up here. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 and verse 21. I'm going to read this to you out of the Passion Translation. It says, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, 
Death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness and the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 21, And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace, it will reign as a king through righteousness and parting eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Messiah. Friend, think about this. Righteousness. He said, grace will reign through righteousness. I've been meditating on this scripture for a few weeks now, and this is, this is a, a picture that the Holy Spirit gave me concerning this scripture, that righteousness, it is a road. You could call it the road of righteousness, and it always leads to life. This is what he said here. Righteousness, it imparts eternal life, produces eternal life. This road of righteousness, it always leads to life, but it is a very narrow road. It's a very, very narrow road. And the only vehicle that can drive on that very narrow road is the vehicle of grace. Grace is the only car that can drive on this road. And so if you want to experience life, you have to die to yourself. You have to stop looking at yourself. You have to stop looking to the world. You have to stop looking to all these other things. And you have to look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. You have to look unto Jesus, who is our Savior, our Redeemer, our Healer. And you have to stop looking at your works, and you have to look at His works. And so, by faith, we step into this, this vehicle called grace. And grace allows us to drive on this very narrow road of righteousness that will always, and I mean always, produce life in, in your life and in every situation of your life, whether it's your relationships, your finances, your health, your business, your ministry, whatever. But on the, each side of this, of this road of righteousness, there's a ditch. On one side is the ditch of unrighteousness. In other words, in that ditch, it's where most Christians are at and that they don't think that they're good enough. That's unrighteousness. On the other side of the road of life, you find self-righteousness in that ditch. And in that ditch, it's people who think they haven't done enough or uh, they've, done, they've done everything that they need and God just needs to pay up. And those are the people who are saying, I've done everything I know to do. I've been I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been confessing, I'm reading my Bible, I'm going to church, I'm giving, I'm doing all these things. I don't understand why God hasn't healed me. That is self-righteousness. So on one side of the road of righteousness, in one ditch you have unrighteousness, and the other ditch you have self-righteousness. In both of those ditches, it's death. Those are ditches of death. And neither one of those are going to produce life. They're not going to get you the result that you want. But in those two positions, in those ditches, that's where people haven't died to themselves. But once you die to yourself, once you die to the world's ways, once you die to the fear of death, it puts you in a position to, by faith, step into that car of grace and ride down that road of righteousness where you are not looking to yourself, you're not depending on your works, you're not depending on your actions. You are depending on what Jesus already did for you. And that is where life, the life of God, is experienced. Friend, if you want healing, if you need healing, you must die first. 
I know that sounds counterintuitive. I know it sounds crazy. But again, remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my, my sake will save it. We die to get it. We die to enter in. But once we do, we get to live. You must die to live. Think about it. You must die in order to live. Not only must you uh, die to yourself and die to the things of the world and all, all of the other options so that you can be saved, but in the very same way, all of the other options have to be removed. And you die to those things. You die to the fear of death. You die to the world's ways. You die to yourself so that you can live unto God so you can experience the grace of God and let it reign through your position of, of being right with God, through your position of righteousness, so you can experience the tremendous, abundant, eternal, lavish, and excessive life of God. My goodness. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? And the sacrifice of Jesus so absolutely perfect and complete just for you and me so that we don't have to depend on ourselves our self-righteousness and unrighteousness. Because you and I, friend, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, friends, I trust that that helped you. I know that that encouraged me and inspired me to go after some more things and look at some new truths. Uh, hey, I want to remind you, if you are not a Dream Team partner, if you'd like to partner up with Chad Gonzalez Ministries, we would love, love, love for you to join the team. And this month, if you partner up with us, for any size donation, we will send you a signed copy of an alternate reality. Also, just want to let you know, we recorded a brand new interview with Sid Roth last week, and it just became available on YouTube and Facebook today. So if you haven't, go check that out. Watch that. We deal with some, some really, really good stuff in regards to healing, the gifts of the Spirit, and our union with Christ. And I know it will be a blessing to you. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Partners, we pray for you daily. We love you so very much and so thankful for everything that you do. And we just do our best to represent you in the very, very best way. We love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. We'll talk to you next month. Remember that in Christ, we always, always win.